You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. The Bible describes our life before Jesus as darkness. Notice the only lights we can see is those that are on their phone right now. And before Jesus, there is no light in our lives. But today we're going to look at, he says, I am the light of the world. I'm holding it up, I know, I don't want to get it in your eyes, okay? What does light do? It penetrates the darkness. Your eyes had adjusted to the darkness, but then there was light. Now, what does the light do? It helps us to notice things. You probably never noticed that, oh, there's lights up there. Oh, there's speakers. Oh, look, on this wall over here, there's a hole for a camera where we're going to eventually put it. Light shows us things that we didn't notice before. And if you'll notice, a relationship with Jesus, when Jesus shines his light on us, sometimes it reveals things in us that we weren't yet ready to deal with. And so we can, we can bring the rest of the lights up. I'll turn that off so we can adjust. There we go. Hey, yeah. I feel like the gremlins. Bright light, bright light, right? Some of you got that. The rest of y'all look it up on YouTube. Uh, that, was, that was an old person. Don't, nobody tell Isaiah I stole his light, okay? This is Isaiah's light. <laughs> for, Gagi got it for him for the storms. But light, what is light? I looked up, I looked up the definition of light because I, I think we think we understand what light means, but light is a noun, and it's the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visual. Do you know you can't see without light? In absolute, if you were in absolute, complete darkness, which it's not possible in this type of room to have absolute, complete darkness. If you'll notice, when I brought the lights down, you could still see a little bit because there was light. There was a little bit of light. But have y'all ever gone to down to the deep depths of like Carlsbad Caverns? Dave's shaking his head, New Mexico boy over there. And they turn out the lights and you have your hand in front of your face and you can't see it. That's the type of darkness the Bible is talking about. The absence of light. But guys, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light. We all have the let there be light moment. Many people say they don't see Jesus in the Old Testament, but when God says let there be light, Jesus is saying, I am the light. Miss Ruby's got me. The rest of you, good morning. Welcome to Hope Church. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter eight. That's where we're gonna be today. And we're gonna be talking about the sixth I am statement next week is I am the door and we'll complete our I am series. Then after that, we get to go into our summer series, which is the book of James. If you've never read the book of James, 
just buckle your seat belts and bring your football helmets to church because you're going to need them. Uh, James, if you thought the I am statements got you, just wait till we get to James. So let's get into it. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Notice walking in darkness is a choice because you will have the light that leads to life. What does the light lead to? Life. So this morning, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is what do we find in his light? I think this verse suggests three things that we can find in his light. Number one, we find sight. We find sight. Notice I said earlier, we cannot have sight without life, without light. Life and light. There's two, they're too similar this morning. John 1, 9 says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Guys, Christ reveals who God is and shows the way to God. He himself provides the means of having a personal relationship with God. He makes his message of forgiveness a new life of of new life, understandable to the human minds of those who hear it by giving them enough grace and insight. Therefore, with understanding, they may freely choose to accept or reject his message. Apart from the light of Christ, there is no other light by which we may be saved. Jesus is the only light. Jesus is is the light that reveals all of the things in our lives that we need to fix. Y'all ever, y'all have that grandma? Like one time I was over at my grandparents' house for a a Christmas thing uh, and they only have one guest bathroom and somebody was camping out in the guest bathroom. Y'all ever have that, that uncle that's just camping out in the guest? So I had to go. So I went to my grandma's bathroom and I walked in and as I walked by her vanity, all of a a sudden I saw this humongous face and looked and it was me in my grandma's mirror. Does anybody grandma have that mirror that magnifies it so much? I was like, ah, right? Who is that? What is that mirror for? It's to magnify what's going on right here so you can fix it. Anybody like me that that needs some magnification right here so that I can fix it? Hey, Ben, I'm going to get real personal this morning, okay? If not for a lot of grooming, I would have one eyebrow. One. You're supposed to have two, but I would have one. So praise the Lord for magnification so that I can have two eyebrows. Now, You know, I learned a long time ago after doing it myself that it's much easier to have a professional do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. The rest of you are like, I don't do that. You're you're lying is really what you're, we we all have to groom. We don't come out of the box looking like this. Uh, And some of you, it needs a lot more work. And some of you, you need to put in a little bit more work. We see it. Okay. We see it. We see, I I, I see that hand this morning. Uh, And guys, that magnification the point is to notice the blemishes so my grandma can cover it up and we cover these things so that others can't see it 
But if we cover it up, does it go away? No, it's still there. Oftentimes, Jesus reveals some things in our lives that are blemishes that we need to fix. And instead of fixing them, we cover them up with makeup. But what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to fix them. So my question for you is, this morning, Jesus has given you sight. He's revealed these things to you. Are you fixing them or are you covering up? The problem is we spend too much time covering that sin that Jesus has brought to light instead of correcting it. Why? Because correcting takes work. Correcting means we actually have to do something different. Correcting sometimes means that we have to do things that make us uncomfortable. We don't like to be comfortable. You know, this, this week I, I had the opportunity of, of being in a house that didn't have central air and heat. Anybody ever been in a house that didn't have central air and heat? I realize, yeah, I, I see, well, I'll pray for you, okay? I realized, wow, I have it pretty easy, right? I have it pretty easy. And oftentimes when we're comfortable, it doesn't encourage us to grow. That's what the American church has done for us. We are comfortable. You have a beautiful new building, praise the Lord, by the grace of God. And oftentimes when we do things like this, we get comfortable places. It often pushes us to a level of, I'm good, instead of what the light is saying this morning is when God reveals something to you, he wants you to what? Fix it. He doesn't want you to just cover it up. He doesn't want you to just put on some more makeup. He wants you to fix it. Some of us are like the young ladies back in the early 2000s that used to just cake the makeup on their face. Was any of that, anybody that person like, you could see the lines in your face, like where you had smiled and the makeup had separated from your wrinkles. You have so much makeup on your face. Anybody? anybody I see that hand. Nobody's raising their hand. Oh, Miss Sharon, you, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. You did. And some of us have so much makeup on our face. We're hiding so much. And all God wants us to do is remove the blemishes. Because that's what the light does. It gives us sight on the things that God wants us to fix. What do we find in his light? Number one, we find sight. Number two, we find transformation. First John 1, 6 through 7 says, so we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not participating we're not practicing the truth but we are living in the light as God is in the light we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin so to walk in darkness means to live outside of God's truth that means we don't have a personal relationship with him. So if you hear anybody in the, use the Christianese, okay? We in the church, we kind of have our own language, okay? We said, I'm washed in the blood, you know? It, outside of the world, if you tell somebody I'm washed in the blood, they're like, are you Jeffrey Dahmer? What's up? You know, it's, that's kind of weird, right? 
You've been watching too much Silence of the Lambs, okay? That's kind of weird. But to walk in darkness means that we are living outside of a relationship with Jesus. But to walk in the light means that we believe and accept God's truth as it is revealed to us in his word. Now, what the Bible is suggesting today is that we have to walk in the light. But I'm here to report to you today, it's much easier to walk in darkness than it is to walk in light. Because like I said in the last point, light reveals what we did not see before. Darkness is comfortable. Darkness, ignorance is bliss, right? We all think that we're pretty until we turn on the light and see ourselves in the mirror in the morning, right? Believe it or not, my hair doesn't come out of the bed looking like this. It takes some work to make it stick straight up, right? But through the inner presence of his Holy Spirit, God provides continual cleansing for believers. I think sometimes we think that we give our hearts to Jesus and we're cleansed. But I think what the Bible is suggesting to us is something called progressive sanctification. Now, that's a big word, okay? Now, I'm going to explain it to you, and then you're going to go and use it later and be like, I learned at church what progressive sanctification is, okay? You can use that at the water cooler so everybody will think you're smart, right? But what progressive sanctification means is that God is progressively making us more like him. That's it. And that's what we believe. We believe that, yes, we are saved, we are washed in the blood, but we don't have it figured out. You know when we're going to get it figured out? When we get to heaven. And some of you, I know, have a lot of questions for Jesus when you get to heaven. And he's going to have a lot of questions for you too. What did you do with the grace that I gave you? Because I think sometimes we think as Christians that we give our hearts to Jesus, we raise our hand, one of the ushers gives us the Bible, and I'm saved, I'm good. Yes, but that's just step one. What if LeBron James, the first time he made a basket, said, that's it. I'm the greatest of all time. Because he's not. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Thank you. I hear that. I hear that. You know, Michael Jordan didn't make his junior high basketball team. Can you imagine being that coach <laughs> in history? Be like, you know, just didn't have it. <laughs> but what did he do? He worked at it. He hit the gym. You know why Tom Brady, this hurts to say it. And I'm going to say, it. you know why Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to work this a little bit more. You know why Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time? Because he works harder than everybody else. And he deflates the football. Yes, Justin, I know. Uh, He, you know what he has for dessert? He doesn't have bluebell. He has avocado ice cream. That's why he's the greatest of all time. Because he says, no, bluebell, I want avocado ice cream because I want to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's willing to put in the work. The problem is, all of us 
expect to be the greatest of all time while we're sitting on our couch eating Lay's potato chips. But the same is true with our Christian walk. We expect to be right with God, but we don't want to put in the work. We expect to have the presence of God to be attracted to us, but we don't want to do anything that God asks us to do. We want to show up to church once every six weeks because that's, you know, when I finally got up, all the stars aligned and I'm able to show up to church today. And we wonder why we're not growing in him. Guys, here's what it takes to grow. Weekly church attendance, daily Bible reading, daily prayer and work in a small group and everything else in between. That's what it takes to grow. That's your avocado ice cream. Daily church or daily, not daily church attendance. You don't have to come here daily, but weekly church attendance. That's what I was going for. Daily Bible reading, daily prayer and be encouraged in a small group. That's how you grow spiritually. And if you don't want to put in the work to be transformed, you won't be transformed. The problem is in the have it your way generation, we just expect Burger King to solve all our problems. But Burger King is making all of our problems because we think that this is all about us. But if you'll read the scripture, you'll find out that transformation happens when we put our eyes on him and not on me. For the record, this, isn't, this series is not my idea. Miss Ruby wanted me to preach this. So if you have any problems, she's over on the front row. Uh, <laughs> she would say, it was the Lord. Amen, I agree, I agree. <laughs> what do we find in his light? Number one, we find sight. Number two, we find transformation. And lastly, I, I saved this for the last, we find growth. We find growth. John 8 31 says, Jesus said to the people who believed him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Many people, we think that this walk with God is limiting, but actually if we walk in the trueness of what Jesus has for us, this is what actually sets us free. Freedom is knowing that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to heaven. Freedom knows that no matter what happens, the Lord is with me. Freedom is knowing no matter what bad things go on in my life, the Lord has a plan. That's freedom. Not, well, I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Because that's only going to get you so far. Guys, the saying that I've had with my staff is we must grow or we must go. As a leader, if you are not growing, you are not effective. In fact, the Bible says it this way in John 15, 6. It says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. <laughs> The Bible kind of has a way of words. If we're not growing, we become useless. And what happens? We're thrown into a pile and we're burned. This kind of brings us back to what Pastor Zoe spoke a few weeks back about abiding 
in Christ, being attached to the branch. If we are not a part of God's body, we will not grow. Guys, growth happens here. Growth happens in a small group. Those of you that have lived your life and and work, you know that growth usually happens. I'm going to say usually because I don't like to say the word always because there's not, there's rarely anything that's always. Growth usually happens with accountability. And most of us are not disciplined enough to, to do the things that make us grow. You know, I've found that I'm the most accountable. I eat the right things when I'm accountable to someone else. When I know someone's going to ask me, did you have one cookie or 14? Right? Isn't it amazing that you could, you could be absolutely full, but still eat 14 chocolate chip cookies. I found because there's nothing in there that's actually sustainable for life. That's why. Okay. But if you want to grow, like I said, you have to put in the work. Personal devotional time. Get in his word every day. Now, oftentimes the devil, the devil likes to knock us down. We miss one day in our word and we're like, ah, I'm such a terrible Christian. What do you do if you skip a meal? You eat a little more at the next meal, right? So if you miss a day in God's word, what do you, what do you need to do? Just eat a little bit more at the next meal. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. Did you know sometimes the preacher misses his devotional time? Sometimes, you know what I do the next day? I hit a little bit harder. Just like if you work out, if you miss the gym a couple days, what do you do? You hit it harder the next time you're there. Stop allowing the guilt and the mess of, oh, I missed church this week. Then missing one week turns into three weeks, turns into four. If you miss this week, it's cool. Just be back the next week. It's amazing. We do church every week, whether you're here or not. And we're always going to do church every week, whether you're here or not. You know why? Because that's what God calls us to do. So if you want to grow, you have to personal devotion, prayer time, small groups, Sunday morning attendance. But guys, here's what I want you to hear. I looked up this quote. I don't even know who this guy is. His name's Bryant McGill, but I love what he says. Whatever makes you uncomfortable is your biggest opportunity for growth. Whatever makes you uncomfortable is your biggest opportunity for growth. What does the Lord like to do? He likes us to be uncomfortable. Show me a church member that is always here and I'll show you someone that is growing. Show me a church member that's involved in a small group and I'll show you someone that's growing. I'll take you one step further. Show me a church member that's serving and I'll show you someone that's growing. Because remember, this isn't all about us. God wants us to serve others. And guys, I want you to know that if you aren't serving, you're missing the peace of what this is all about. So what are our transformational moments today? What is God speaking to us today? Number one. Are you living transformed? Are you living transformed? Remember, we talked about, we like to be comfortable. We love, we're comfortable in the darkness. We're comfortable without that light shining on the things that make us uncomfortable. 
But notice this hurts your eyes, right? Sometimes light hurts your eyes because light penetrates. And so in order to live a transformed life, we have to allow his light to penetrate all of the dark regions of our heart. Number two, is Jesus something you just do or is it everything that you are? I think sometimes we fall into the trap of Jesus is something that we do on Sundays and not something that transforms our walk every other day of our lives. Guys, can I be frank with you? The most detrimental thing to the church, the big C church as a whole, is people that show up on Sundays and live like the devil six other days of the week. Because you're not showing our world what a relationship with Jesus really is. And guys, I got news for you. We don't have to preach to them. We could do all the preaching with our walking. And let's face it, not many of us are good preachers. But we can walk the walk even if we don't talk the talk. Sometimes the walking does all the talking for us. I use Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't have to say he's the greatest quarterback of all time because he has more Super Bowl wins than some franchises. He, he has more Super Bowl wins than any other franchise. There is no conversation. You don't have to tell people that you are a Christian because your life shows them. And lastly, my question for you today is are you willing to put in the work to grow? Because the only way that you will grow is if you put in the work. These musicians up here, they're playing. How is Mo playing? Where is she? Is she backstage? <laughs> what is this sorcery? <laughs> like, I can't even see her. This is so weird. We have a stage big enough now that I can't see people. I'm like, where, where are they at? <laughs> Mo didn't just suddenly wake up and know how to play guitar. She put in the work. You know, and people up here playing these instruments, they didn't just suddenly, Paul just didn't suddenly become good at keyboard. He practiced probably hours a day. And it's that practice that you don't see that you get to see the fruit of that practice in public. The same is true with our walk with him. It's the time on our knees in our prayer room and our devotional life that that is what shines in public. But oftentimes we don't want to put in the work because we're too busy. Guys, I get it. We think that we're busy. We're manufactured busy. If, you, if you're busy and then you, you scroll on TikTok and then two hours pass by and you're like, what happened? You're not busy. You're just distracted. And oftentimes, we aren't busy. We're just distracted. And so this morning, my encouragement to you is, what is God revealing to us today? Because the light penetrates and shows us where we need to get closer to him. But guys, I don't want to be under any illusion that we don't 
all have a relationship with Jesus. I believe that there are some in this room that don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to talk to you this morning. Guys, Jesus wants to be that light in your darkness. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. You don't have to have it all figured out. None of us had it all figured out when we come in this room. Some of us, like me, still don't have it all figured out. But we are pursuing a perfect God. And so, this morning, if you want a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to have Mr. Terry dim the lights. If you're sitting there, you're like, Pastor, I want a relationship with Jesus. I'm about to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat after me. And you can do it softly there in your chair, not looking to embarrass you. But I truly believe that if you mean the words that you're praying, there's nothing magical about this prayer, but I truly believe if you mean this from your heart, that you are giving your life over to Jesus, I truly believe that today is your day of salvation. Let's everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If that's you this morning and you want to pray this prayer with me, just repeat after me softly. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your love in my life. Forgive me where I failed you. I give my heart to you today. Take my life. Use it for your purpose. In Jesus' name.